Welcome into Inside LAFC. How is everyone doing? We're moving right along. This is Max, of course. Big news on the pod on the horizon. We'll get to that at another date, but a lot of news happening in and around LAFC. Before I get into that, I just want to make everyone aware, and you've probably seen it on LAFC's social handles, LAFC Mo, Mo Fascio. Um, in the hospital battling COVID and in the chance that he's listening to this podcast there, Mo, we love you, brother, and we're fighting with you. We're sending you all the love, all the prayers, and we're going to get you back out there, and I can't wait to be shoulder to shoulder with you at the stadium. Just uh, keep fighting, man, and I know we're not alone, and I've seen the love come out of so many folks in the 3252, and it's, uh, it's stunning to see that just that that unity that brotherhood sisterhood that comes from our incredible supporters and i love you all and i am honored to be part of this family and i don't take that lightly and uh mo te quiero papa vamos obviously uh our world is changing very quickly um we are here in los angeles and now in the red tier which will allow us to have a percentage of supporters at the games. We um, also will have a pathway to the orange tier here very shortly. We look forward to that, which will mean even more fans coming to the venue. And, uh, you know, we put in a lot of work to get to this point and we got to keep doing that work to, to protect everyone around us. And uh, we're just proud of what we've been able to do, but let's stay on path and on track for that. Coming up on this episode of Inside LAFC, we'll be joined by Andrew Wiebe, who does a great job with David Goss and Matthew Doyle on the MLS, the main MLS podcast called Extra Time, where they talk about everything. And I highly recommend you listen to it. It'll give you a better idea of the league. I know a lot of folks that I speak to uh, who support LAFC tell me this is the this is their entry point into Major League Soccer. They didn't even know it existed in many cases beforehand, but now they're an LAFC fan and. I could I can tell you wholeheartedly to be a better LAFC fan. Learn about the teams you play, learn about the league, learn about the dates, what's important, who you might see, who you like, who you don't. And uh, those podcasts like that all help you get there. So Andrew Wiebe coming up next here on Inside LAFC. The big news this week is the official announcement of the partnership between LAFC and the Las Vegas Lights. The big story here is first the appointment of Steve Chirundolo. Um, he will be the coach of the lights, the connection to LAFC. This is a really exciting hire, and I'll tell you why. He, uh, he knows Bob Bradley very well. Bob Bradley coached him on the U.S. national team. And in his playing days, and the younger listeners may not know, he was the best fullback we had in the United States. We have all these young players playing in Europe right now in 2021, all over the big leagues, Premier League, Serie A, Bundesliga, Liga, you name it, La Liga, they're all making these, these inroads. But 10, 15 years ago, it was pretty slim pickings. It was like five, six guys. None of them played for the top clubs. No one was playing for Barcelona or Juventus. It was just... And I'm not, and I, I think we had talented players there. There was just a, a perception, and there was there wasn't a, a path to these European leagues. But Steve Chirundolo, originally from San Diego, so he's a SoCal guy, made his way and played for Hanover. It was the only club he played for from 1999 to 2014. He goes to Hanover now. He is he'll get stopped in the streets. That's how big of a deal. Over 400 appearances with the club, probably more than that. Well, we'll just leave it. We'll say about four, just over 400 appearances. Represented the United States 87 times. Played for Bob in, in World Cups, an incredible international career with Gold Cups. And the reason I bring that up is, and we'll talk about this with Andrew in the next segment, is this is the kind of know-how that we don't have a lot of in this country and we have to grab it with both hands. He, in his brain, he has seen so many things, so many things that work, so many things that don't. And that is an incredible asset for us to have. And it's now in the 
LAFC family. So the players for the lights will train here. They'll play their games there. I think we have a very exciting possibility for a road trip. Who's driving? Pick me up down in Redondo. Let's go. Vegas road trip to watch a lights game. Maybe play a few slots. Blackjack. Yeah, you know, your your regular LA, your regular Las Vegas trip. So this is really very cool. The big news of our connection with LAFC SoCal Youth, now Las Vegas Lights, you can see the foundation stones starting to grow. So very cool news on that front. Training camp's going well. Before you know it, we'll kick things off April 17th. I don't think that was announced from the last time I spoke to you. We now know Austin FC will be the opponent in the opener. And, uh, and then we're off and running. And they were off the season. We got there. This is Inside LAFC. Always a pleasure to be with you. Coming up next from MLS Extra Time, Andrew Wiebe to talk about LAFC, the Las Vegas Lights, Steve Churundlo, and everything that's exciting happening in Major League Soccer. Please rate, review, and subscribe this lovely little podcast. Share it with a friend. Welcome back to Inside LAFC. Thrilled to be joined by Andrew Wiebe, one of the hosts. Are, are you officially the host and these other guys are contributors? How would you say it on MLS Extra Time? Uh, that's a great question. You know, I don't want to I don't want to slag my quote unquote partners in soccer here, Max. Uh, but I will make the point that I was there before they were there. So I'm not the original. You'd have to go all the way back to like the 2010 days of Nick and Simon and, and Greg and Sagini. Those, those would be the originals. Uh, but I am, let's say I, I'm, I'm throwing it back a little bit and I'm so happy to have David Goss and Matt Doyle and now Kalen Carr and soon to be Charlie Davies uh, part of what we do. It's my favorite time of the week, Mondays and Thursdays. I know I'm going to get a little of that taste here because we've known each other for a long time. We share the same passions. So uh, I'll just say that I am proud and happy to spend two days a week talking about soccer with those guys and extremely happy to be here with you. And I'm jealous because I'm sitting in a basement. I got no natural light here, Max. And I see what's happening around you. I hear that little I hear that little wind chime in the back. That's relaxing. It's beautiful. It, you know, it makes me feel like I might have a cafecito in my hand and uh, you know, but I don't. So uh, I'll just be jealous of you and jealous of your your LAFC uh, uh, roots here as you get to follow this wonderful club through their first three years and beyond in Major League Soccer. The, the big issue when I started recording this, Andrew, is I, I, I honestly thought to myself, I hope he doesn't hear the wind chimes. <laughs> well, look, my ears are very well trained. On wow, Extra Time, we have lots of different omens, and there are good omens and bad omens. The old days, the... Uh, Radiator clanking, bad omen. These days, omen. sirens in the background, bad omen. Good omen, wind chimes. No doubt about it. It is. It is. I hope our audience can enjoy them. And before I go any further, I encourage our LAFC supporters here to check out Extra Time, where podcasts are available. MLS Extra Time. You'll see it with the beautiful, like, aqua blue uh, artwork. And uh, if you, I tell this to LAFC fans all the time. You'll enjoy the club. You'll enjoy the games better if you learn about the league and your podcast is a great way to do that with uh, it's, it's also so much exciting news in and around the league happening all the time with transfers and obviously the training camp. So go check it out Mondays and Thursdays. You don't have to listen to it Mondays or Thursdays, but check it out. I like to listen to it when I go for my jogs, very brief jogs. So it's half on the jog, half sitting there, letting my sweat dry under the fan in uh, our kitchen. So that's pretty much my routine, uh, if you can believe it. But check that out. And uh, Andrew, I got to say, it was I was getting a little nostalgic because I remember the home opener for LAFC. Ooh. Uh, you popped over. and said, Max, let me have a few words. And we did an interview. And I'll always remember that. It felt like the stamp on an incredible day, which uh, I, I, to this day, I remember every detail of it, including our interview. Oh, man, that day uh... – it is it is similarly branded in my mind. And I would say that for a person who fell in love with this league and hoped to one day make something of, I wouldn't even say a career in it. I would just say to have a taste of it. You know, I, I when I got started in this, I was just hoping that somebody might pay me to write about this league and to have the opportunities that I've had to go to stadium openings, to go to first ever games in Major League Soccer for so many different teams – has just been incredible. And every single one has that same feeling that you describe about that first 
uh, day slash night at the bank. But I just remember walking in there with David Goss and looking around and we had already toured the stadium a couple days before and seeing all these different, not, not just amenities, because I think that's what people like to build up about stadiums, right? It's like, oh, what a beautiful club. Oh, what a beautiful like private space. Look at all these spots. You know, that's all well and good, but you don't know a stadium until you walk into that stadium and a game is happening. And the fans are there, and there's an atmosphere, and there's a passion, and there's always this, this question about new teams, about what they'll be. What is the core of this club? Who are the fans? What do they represent? What do they want to represent? How will the club represent them? And I remember being um, with, the, with the supporters out in, outside the stadium before the game, and we were literally salsa dancing, <laughs> pounding that's a, that's beers. We were... We were recording, pounding beers, high-fiving, I mean, having the best time eating, you know, barbacoa and whatever else was on offer and all these different grills fired up and so many just just faces that said, hey, look, are you guys, you guys aren't, I can tell you're not from here. I can tell you're not fans. Welcome. Come in. See what we're building. See what we've been doing before this team has ever even played a game. And then to have the... You know, the game happened the way it did, and it was KG, and it was scoreless, and then Laurent Simon hits the shot, and somehow it gets by Steph Fry, and and then there's this moment that I'll never forget, and that is walking out onto the field, and we were doing a post-game show, and I remember saying to my producer, we're not close enough to the supporters section. We're not close enough to the 3252. We're not in this. They are absolutely going mad right now, and they are celebrating with the team, and they're creating this moment and this memory that will always be the bedrock of who they are, what they are, and what they remember about the origin story of this stadium. And I remember getting within about five or ten feet of the stands there and just having goosebumps and looking up into those stands and seeing the entire section. Nobody had moved. Nobody had left. And everybody was just delirious. And, and delirious might be an understatement on this side. And you have, you know, all these Laurent's jumping in the, in the crowd and people are high-fiving. And I just remember thinking, my God, this is going to be huge. Oh, my God. LAFC are going to be something absolutely incredible. And little did we know that it was going to be, I think, even more than what we could have expected on that night. When you combine the fan side, when you combine the culture that they brought, when you combine the rivalry and the back and forth and the tit and tat between LAFC and the LA Galaxy, and then you enter Zlatan into the mix. And oh, by the way, Zlatan, sorry, man, you're still the second son because Carlos Vela is the first son. I mean, he is the he has a, maybe the best player in MLS history. I mean, it's just been absurd, and, and I give all the credit to... The people that built it, whether that be in the club side and the people that built it on the fan side. And and this foundation is just so incredible. And the most exciting thing for me as somebody who loves this league and loves soccer in this country and is so excited to be a part of it is that we're just looking at the foundation. Like we haven't even we don't have the first floor yet. We don't have the second floor. This house is like it's blueprints still and they're beautiful and they've already brought in a trophy and they're probably going to bring in a bunch more. But it's still just the beginning. And that's why we should all be so excited about soccer in this country and in Canada as well. And in CONCACAF, like we're just getting started, baby. Yeah. And if what we're doing off the jump is this, I don't want to curse this Britain awesome. Uh, what are we going to be in the future? I, I just can't. I can't imagine. I'm just so proud to be a part of it, and and happy to be here and and have this this uh, moment to remember with you because I haven't thought about that moment in a while, and and I'm glad to I'm glad to have it course through me because that's what we're all waiting to get back to. I'm going to go get stabbed today in the arm. I got a vaccine appointment yes. today, and so there will come a time here. I'm in Kansas City right now where I walk into Children's Mercy Park with my son who's three years old, and he looks up at me and he says, "Nothing." Because his eyes are just so full of what's in front of him. The green pitch, the, 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 the supporters in the stands, the smells, the sights, the, the feeling of, oh my God, this is my thing. My God, these are my people. And I, you know, I, and I know that all the people that are listening to this podcast, and we've got people in our, our mailbag on extra time and who hit me up on Twitter and are just like, you know what? As soon as it's safe, I, you know, you're going to see my butt back in the 3252 and it's going to be a celebration. I'll be back with my people in my community. And that's what makes it so special. So I'm sorry. I stole so much time there just because I got excited, but whew, I feel like what a day that was. I feel like we've uncorked something. Weeby. It was, it was free, all this free flowing and the photographic memory of that day, every detail. That's the, that was fantastic. Was I'm emotional. Sit and listen. I could see that. And you're getting me emotional. Don't make it's me hard not to be on my man. own pod. We've missed it. We've missed it. We need to get back to it. And you know what? I, everybody out there has sacrificed so much. 
uh, both in their personal lives, their families, their jobs, their, their friends. Um, you know, anybody who's, who's lost somebody who has been in a position where they've lost a core part of themselves, whether that be work or, or, or family or whatever, you know, like, I, I just feel for you so much. And I, and I hope, I hope that that first moment back, uh, means the world to you and, and that you celebrate it. And you're not afraid to show that I'm a crier. I've always been a crier. You know, my dad was a crier and I was just like, God, this guy, he cries too much. And now as a, as a parent, and even before that, I'm an emotional person and I'll be emotional that first time I go through those doors. And I know, I know the people listening well as well. Oof. I, Recover here. I know. Recover I mean, here. It's, it's, get I the Kleenex if you need it. Well, it's it's just listening to you, Andrew, and it's things that I think we all feel, and you really channeled it, and we've we've been patient, and the the wide majority of us have done the right things, and uh, quarantined, and safe distanced, and did all the checklists, and we've done it for a year, and we haven't done things in a year that are near and dear to us, whether it's going on a date with your wife or girlfriend, mm -hmm. or going to a concert, or I mean, even at the beginning, even going to the beach or a park, which we obviously most people are allowed to. And at the top of that list, going to see your club, which uh, I mean, that's a part of everything. I mean, I know in a regular year, uh, you would be probably preparing an itinerary to go, I would imagine, to Cincinnati. Yeah. Maybe see the new stadium. And these are things. And last season, we would have probably done that to gone to Miami and it it didn't happen. So it's okay for it to unbottle it because everyone pat yourself on the back. Look, Andrew's getting uh, a vaccine. I got a vaccine. I'm a J and J guy, by the way, when it comes to vaccines, I waited in line and I got on the back uh, in some place in LA. You have to wait a couple hours when I got in there, but uh, you know, I, I don't even know job. what I'm getting. I don't even know. I, I signed up for it and I, I got in and I was just happy to have the appointment and I'm not even sure. It doesn't matter to me what it is. And I think about before we jump in, I'm sure to really dive into this LAFC team and the league and everything that's happening. Here's one thing I'll, I'll look forward to. And it's all those folks in the 3252 and across the stadium because everybody there at the bank does it, putting their hands over each other's shoulders and jumping back and forth in that iconic chant that when you're Don't watching the game. Football club. Yeah. <laughs> You see it in this. You see it on the broadcast, and I remember that that first day. And it's it it is it is truly a special uh, supporter tradition, and just the just the feelings that will come from that when you look at the people on either side of you and put your arms around them and say, you know, we got through this together, and we did it together, and we made sacrifices, but here we are. Um, my God, that and then the first goal. Woo! Whoo, blow the roof off if it had a roof. You know, I guess it does have a roof, but if it was covered, that thing would be flying down the, the interstate. Well, I, and look, we, we, in California, we've gone into the red tier, which means we can have, I believe, 20% uh, capacity. And we're, we're now got uh, a pathway to the orange tier, which will even rise that number. So, folks, we, we've done a really good job. We'll, we'll, keep, uh, we'll keep on it. And the vaccines, and I don't want, I don't want to make this sound like a, a, a too newsy of a show, but the vaccines on all accounts are rolling out it's really incredible when you go in there and see what, what us as humans are doing uh, mm -hmm. in mass. So I, I was blown away. So we'll all get to experience that. We'll all be together very soon. hundred percent. I know people want soccer talk, right, Max? Yes, I know. I know. Pull I'm it out of me. <laughs> I'll pull it out well, of you. Well, I'm going to talk. Let's, let's start with uh, the LAFC off season. It's been busy. Mm. Um, some player signings, Kim Hoon Juan, Corey Baird early on. The news about uh, our SoCal youth, which was big a couple of weeks ago, and then the partnership with uh, Las Vegas Lights and the addition of Steve Chirundolo, who is uh, a real legend in the American game. And I think some of the younger folks who go, oh, Steve Chirundolo, go, we, we really can't uh, say enough good things about what his role was in the development for American club players abroad. But I'll get to that. Uh, in a little bit, but as you look at the LAFC offseason and you're looking at all the offseasons of all the clubs, what what stood out? What what are those things that make you think that LAFC is going to have a nice big bounce back season? I mean, I think I look back on CCL and the almost and this moment of, OK, well, what can we be when our shining light is back in this team? And look, we were a great team without Carlos Vela. Don't get me wrong, but we're an elite team with Carlos Vela and our team. And I was going back uh, today looking at, at possible double-digit goal scorers, first time in their pro careers across Major League Soccer, and trying to make some predictions. And I thought with LAFC that there would be more double-digit goal scorers than there have been. But that's how incredible, honestly, and how much weight Carlos Vela and Diego Rossi have carried. 
but I just look at this team and I see balance and I see um, an ability to play in a lot of different ways and more importantly to win in a lot of different ways, but ultimately an identity that has been proven to be a winning identity. And I give all the credit in the world to Bob Bradley and I give all the credit in the world to John Thorington and everybody else in that front office. There are too many names to name. I mean, it's just across the board. Will Coons, I would throw out there as well. I know him well from his MLS uh, HQ days. The balance in this roster and sort of the, uh, the, the contrast between like, okay, are we an old team or are we a young team? Well, actually, LAFC is a balanced team. They have a little bit of everything. And I think in this league, that's what it's going to take to be that sort of generational team, which this was absolutely in 2019. And my opinion is they're going to go back to 2019. I know Brian Rodriguez, not having him for the first part of the season and perhaps beyond, we don't know the end point for him, is a big deal. But I think when you look at Corey Baird, when you look at the work that's been done in the academy and some of those young players that are coming up, when you look at Bob Bradley, who's never been afraid to say, look, I think you're ready and push somebody in there. This is going to be a team that doesn't surprise anybody in 2021. And that surprise, that, that lack of surprise is because I think we all expect them to be at the top of the Western Conference and the Supporters' Shield standings and challenging for multiple trophies. Like, I just look at LAFC and I think this is what expansion teams should be. From the connection to the fans from the very jump, which was so incredible, and we've already sort of uh, talked through that one, to just the ability to construct a balanced roster that wins immediately, but also kind of builds up to peak moments last year was a little bit disappointing in a lot of ways the year before that with the lack of an mls cup was a little bit disappointing to me this year is an opportunity to kind of erase those disappointments carlos is going to be healthy bob is going to look at carlos and say do i need you every game for 90 minutes do i need you to have a 34 goal 16 assist season i don't and that's what i did in the offseason and that's what I've done with these young players that I've brought through from the academy. And that's what I've done with guys like Palacios and Cifuentes and Ginella, et cetera, et cetera. I have depth. I have quality and depth. And this year, you're going to see it all on display. And I still have my centerpiece. Uh, going back to the double-digit goals, though, Danny Mostovsky, he might not wow. have come in with a big reputation, man. But I, I look at that guy and I'm like... Is this going to be the next sort of like scrappy American? Nobody really looks at him and says, wow, what a player that no, comes in. is like, yeah, I got 12 to 15 in me. Why not? Why not? 12 to 15. Look, Why you're not? not? You're not alone in saying that. We have conversations about Danny and uh, I, the goals are one thing, but it's when you watch him play and we're watching him obviously a lot in the CONCACAF Champions League. He does so many things. Yes. Uh, defense, we've talked about on this pod, defensively on corner kicks, which was a, an issue for LAFC. He helped remedy that because it was a body that would clear balls away. He just, he's just in there and a hard worker stretches the field in his position. So uh, again, it's not, the, it's not the sexiest name, but maybe it will become by season's end. And I, I just, just to touch on one thing you brought up, you said we're, LAFC will probably go back to 2019. I, I imagine you meant in success, but you talked about the balance. And we're not going to see, maybe we do, I doubt it, another 34-goal season from Carlos Vela. But I think that success will come because the responsibility will be shared. You had Diego Rossi as the, the A number one last season when Carlos was injured. And you have these new components in Baird, obviously not so new, relatively new in Danny Masofsky. So do you foresee that sharing of those responsibilities while maintaining that excellence that they had from two seasons ago? I mean, that's the development of the of the squad, right? And that's what, what Bob has been pushing for from the start is that it isn't just Carlos. Because we all knew look, Carlos as a singular player, in my opinion, I don't think a, the level that he had in 2019 has ever been reached in this league. I mean, and that that's not a that's not a blazing hot take, right? I mean, just based on production, based on what the team did, I mean, it was above and beyond. So you know that he has that. And he showed that, honestly, a little bit out of shape, a little bit rusty at the end of last year in CONCACAF Champions League. But the beauty of last season, even though it was disappointing in sort of a, a raw results trophy standpoint, and, you know, I give everybody a mulligan for 2020, to be honest with you, was that it forced that responsibility to be shared. And you've got to be overjoyed when you see that responsibility embraced, whether that be, you know, bringing in a guy like Murillo and immediately he jumps in the lineup. He's there. He and Segura have a great partnership, whether that be Tristan Blackman going back and forth between positions and saying, you know what, you know, I, I might not have been in people's minds as far as the U S national team, but I have that upside. 
whether that be Cifuentes and Palacios and Janela taking the step forward and sort of setting themselves up on the precipice to be even bigger pieces this year. Or Rossi saying, you know what, Carlos isn't here. We still got a golden boot winner. I'm that guy. I am that guy. And I'm going to continue to be that guy until or if I am sold. Um, I just look at this team, and in particular, I look at the midfield, and I just see I just see a combination of skill, aggression, and timing. And what I mean by that is that all these players on this team have been sort of built up by the coaching staff to realize their best selves and to understand the right time to, you know, whether it be tactically or whatever else, to sort of assume these roles that they've been given and build on them. I mean, I, I just, I love Atuesta K and Blessing. Latif Blessing might be, you know, he's a top five, like, smile inducer in this league, right? Both in his style of play and just his personality. You watch him play, and you're just like, my God, this little guy is out here buzzing around, crushing people, crushing people. And he, at, at heart, I think, is an attacking player, too. So I, I can't give enough credit to, to LAFC and, and like the construction they've done, but not just that. You can put together a great roster. We see it all the time in this league. That doesn't mean you're going to win. That doesn't mean you're going to inspire fans. That doesn't mean you're going to get the best out of your players. That doesn't mean you're going to see development from young players. We've saw all those things with LAFC, and that's what makes it exciting. I'm, I'm the sort of person in this league where I, I get accused of being a Kansas City fan all the time, and maybe people are going to say that's the case because I'm talking I've about never, taking my kid. I've never gotten that from you. Yeah, you've but I, been, I'm not. I've been I'm very balanced. Not. You sound like an LAFC fan right now, the way you're going. I, here, and that's what I'm telling you is I want every single club and player and coach and person in this league to be their best. I want to see everybody thrive. And so when I see a club like LAFC that has seemingly done that and is poised to continue to do that, I can just stand back and clap and just enjoy. And so, um, you know, when it comes to this team, that's where we're at right now. Sit back. Watch all this work come to fruition. What a beautiful place to be for fans, and what a beautiful place to be for neutrals as well who just want to see good soccer, who just want to see ambitious soccer, who want to see people put together projects that are smart, that are thoughtful, um, that have play long-term in the future, that are thinking ahead, and that's what this club has done. And so you know, just, just consider yourself blessed if you're listening to this podcast wearing black and gold and thinking, this is my club. That's what we all want. Oh, that's and that's all we 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 want back and uh, yes. on track to be getting. And I think no one's going to take it for granted because it's a wonderful place to be. We log so many minutes there watching our games. It's a second home. I pop my laptop and do some work upstairs in the press area a couple days a week. And I look forward to going through those routines again. And uh, as the season, you know, unfurls, we'll, more supporters, if we continue on this trajectory, will come in. The season will begin on April the 17th. Scheduled to end mid-November for MLS Cup playoffs, or I should say the regular season ends mm -hmm. early October. Am I correct? I uh, think the playoffs are pretty – Are pretty. I don't think we have the official the sort of the rundown yet, but my guess is that the playoffs will come after an international break Okay. Uh, to make sure that, that, that it kind of boom, boom, boom runs through and what a, you know, what a format we have. Can I ask you a question, Max? Because I've been – we've been talking about this on the show, and I'm not going to say I've been guessing about it, but I've sort of been – I have a couple different – hypotheses and my big one is that that bob will will kind of pull back on carlos this year a little bit and to go to what you were talking about responsibility he'll understand that spreading it around is good for the rest of his team and results but also good for carlos do you think he'll pull back a little bit on the throttle with carlos just because of age because of the injury history last year historically when carlos has been out there and Carlos kind of calls his shots. And if he says, I, the one moment we had that season where he pulled him out of the Galaxy game and it turned out to be a legit injury, that was Bob's call. Generally, it's Carlos as far as he can go. So it, I think it possibly could happen, but it will be a Bob decision, but Carlos will be given a lot of that responsibility too. But he has always been a guy who is happy to collaborate and happy to put guys over and give them their opportunities and set them up real well and I think if he identifies that's the best opportunity to be successful I think he will go uh, I look at the schedule and this was going to be my next question is we can I think we can assume Carlos will continue to not be part of the Mexican national team setup and because of that the international breaks I think there's going to be games where it could be Carlos and a few uh, younger players untested guys which means 
at least from the fans' perspective, we're going to go take Carius Carlos. Let's see what we can do. So I think it'll be a combination, and it, it really I think it falls down to what works. But we do know what historically works when Carlos is healthy. He can change the game. So he works. Uh, yeah, he, <laughs> he works. works. So I think I think it'll be on and off. But I, I guess that's the, the question I wanted to. It's it actually worked really well to to the question I wanted to ask you is the schedule, and we'll we'll probably get it here pretty soon. And it's going to be a lot of midweek games. It's going it, to it, just looking at the calendar. You see, uh, in it's going to be an intense schedule in the sense of games. Uh, Obviously, that's going to take away from training a little bit. And, you know, we speak to Bob. That's essential because he can really set uh, the vision for the club. So that's going to be challenging for all clubs. But how do you how do you envision without knowing the schedule what it might look like? I mean, I envision I envision something where you're looking at a little bit uh, where you're seeing a lot of midweek games in the back half of the year because you have to. If you're going to spend, play 34 games and you've taken away more than a month of what would normally be regular season. I mean, remember, we're sitting here on March 18th talking. And normally, we're two weeks into the season right now. You know, last year, we would have been two weeks into the season. Normally, you're talking about an early March start. Mid, so in mid-March, would be. Yeah, so I think, you're gonna, I think you're going to see coaches have to approach things a little bit actually like they did last year where there's a good amount of rotation because you'll just have so many games back to back to back to back to back. But I actually think, as I said before about LAFC, that's a good thing. Maybe that gives Bob and Carlos an opportunity to have really logical moments to pull back on the throttle for him. And you've built up, you know, Apoku and you've built up Torres and maybe Danny Trejo's coming in and he's really uh, exceeded your expectations as to what he's able to do. And now you have Baird and Musovsky is there and you know you can lean on Rossi and still win games with him as your A. And your midfield, I mean, Sifuentes and, and Duke and Ginella are going to be sitting there thinking like, I got to get my chance. Where is my chance? And this, to me, will give Bob an opportunity to sort of man-manage in a really effective way. Because he has so many players that will believe they should be in the 18, he'll have an opportunity to give them what they want and to keep his squad rested and also get results. And, and again, to go back to what I was saying about the construction of this and sort of the three-year build up to year four, that's the beauty of it is that this is what they were building towards, and this is what you want. You want a squad where you know one to two or even three in a lot of cases on this LAFC depth chart, all of those guys believe they should play. And that's a, that's a tough job for Bob, but that's why Bob's Bob. That's why you hire Bob Bradley, because he's done it before. He understands the, the cadence. He understands how to get the best out of his team over a long season. I look forward to those moments. I look forward to the game. And I know this sounds weird, and maybe folks out there that are LFC fans are like, what are you talking about? You look forward to Carlos Vela not playing. Or what are you talking about? You look forward to an international break where Diego Rossi is gone, and so is maybe Atuesta and Mark Anthony Kay is with Canada. Like I, I look forward to it because those are opportunities to see players that have a ton of quality that might not otherwise be getting it. And you, you better believe in those moments. Those guys are going to be chomping at the bit and saying, it's my time. And if I don't take it in my time, I may not get another opportunity. So uh, I think there's going to be a challenge in the second half of the season for managers and players alike in the management of legs, in the management of workload, in balancing training against games because it's going to come thick and fast. But as fans, we ought to be looking forward to those moments because that's when you really learn something. Think about all the young players that we got to look at and we found out something important about last year, even in a bizarre year. You know, think about all the moments where they were tested that they might not have been in a normal season. Now, that's what we, that's what we need. That's what development demands. So uh, I think among all the teams in this league, LAFC ought to look at the possibility of a packed schedule and think, uh, yeah, we can handle yeah. this. And not only can we handle this, I think we can be really successful doing it. And the flip side of that is it leads us to our ultimate goal, which is MLS Cup. You know, come playoffs, we know depth. We know, uh, you know, just look back at last year with, with Mark Anthony's injuries. You know, we know, and, and Atuesta being out at times, we know how important it is to have somebody who can walk in there and, and affect the game in the biggest moments. And if they haven't done it previously in that season, who, who can, who should, who would expect them to do it in that moment? So, um, you know, look, I hope I'm getting LAFC fans excited. We haven't talked a ton about yeah. LAFC on the show recently, and I, yeah, I think I'm gives? getting, I'm getting excited. Look, the previews are coming. The previews are coming. We're focused I I, on... I listen to a lot of Cincinnati and Orlando. I know they're compelling well, stories. Nobody but... else is... Nobody's making... There's not a ton of news because it's so weird in the transfer markets. The teams that do make news are getting a ton of time. But right now, just to sort of tease what we're doing to the folks out there, we're doing about 10 to 12-minute segments on all 27 teams, and that's the challenge. You're fortunate here, Max, that you have one team that you can... <laughs> 
I mean, you can tear apart every little sinew of their being. <laughs> Our challenge on extra time, man, is we got like it's an hour job. 15 hard and we got to cover 27 teams. So every single show we have about, we have probably two hours of content that we're like, man, we can't even do that. We can't even do that. So we're finding, we're going to try to find ways to get that out to people, but um, you know, be excited. Be excited about LAFC. There's nothing better than than preseason as a as an MLS fan because you can truly believe, and even FC Cincinnati fans, even they, two spoons Cincinnati, they can believe that it can be better. Two spoon, uh, two spoons made out of wood, I presume. Yes. yes okay. They're, they're, so they're um, quite wooden. Uh, we we welcome FC Cincinnati fans. If you want to tune in, this this Inside LFC is available everywhere podcast, so you can tune in, and we'll I'm end sure, up talking about you. I'm sure you'll welcome them to the bank too. Thinking oh. five, six goals, something like that. You know? <laughs> I think they can, they'll be able to grind something and maintain. And we look forward to visiting them up there in the Queen City. Um, what, what you said was interesting about the schedule. I, I think on most accounts, it looks like the back end will have most of the midweeks, part to facilitate the possibility of having more fans for those games, mm-hmm. which appears will be the case. So it makes sense. And there's going to be a lot of international dates and LAFC is going to be affected by them. You have the four South American players. Uh, the next group of qualifiers are June. The Copa America is supposed to be going on still as planned as a 10 team event. And then after gold cup in the summer, the world cup qualifiers will, will really kick off. So it's going to, it's going to be a wild ride as a, as a fan of the sport. This is going to be, um, you're going to, you may have to start apologizing to your family in advance for all the football soccer you're going to watch, which we're already doing right now. We MLS hasn't even started. It's just, I know everything's geared to watch on TV and we're, we're taking advantage of it. And, uh, I might need a, uh, uh, I might need an intervention at some point, but so, so far, so good. Uh, let's talk about, uh, Las Vegas and oh, yeah. more, well, what has been the, uh, I mean, obviously we're excited here, but how's that been received nationally and in MLS circles, not only the partnership with the lights, which will get LAFC coaching, but the appointment of Steve Chirundolo. So I think uh, this prompts me, you know, we've dropped the ball on this one because we haven't really talked about it on the show. I might have to have a, uh, you know, a Max from LA jump into the mailbag on the next show. I'm extremely excited. And, and we knew that Steve wanted to take this step. And I think it was just a matter of when and where. And there were some thoughts that maybe it would be an MLS. You saw him linked to the TFC job or the DC United job. And he has this wealth of experience uh, in Germany at all, all sorts of different levels, whether it be club or country. And um, I think when you look at Steve Chirundolo's, uh path here, he chose a really interesting option. And we see that coaching trees matter. And we see that influence matters. And we see that sometimes – you know, have, jumping into a job at, let's say, the MLS level off the jump doesn't always work for guys. Now, so it does. You know, look, Jim Curtin has stuck around and made it work, but there were a lot of times people thought he was going to lose his job. Ben Olsen was in, you know, D.C. for 10 years, you know, all these different things. But I think this is the perfect opportunity for Steve to sort of come into a fully formed organization in LAFC and have a really clear role, but also have an opportunity to put his own stamp on it. And what I thought was very interesting about the coverage of this and what he said and what, what Bob has said is we got to talking and we see the game the same way, which, look, who's going to be surprised about that? You know, Steve was a was a stalwart for Bob. I believe played uh, a good bit and it was a starter at right back in a World Cup for Bob. So um, I'm just excited to see Steve have this opportunity. And I think having it within the LAFC organization and having the opportunity to be within that training environment with the USL team, as well as the MLS team, is just the perfect scenario for LAFC, the club, as well as, as well as Steve, the coach. You'll have players that can integrate both ways. Like you've got your games on the weekend in USL championship, but you're also testing yourself and understanding and learning what the first team wants to do and will be doing and against better players. And Steve, as a coach, has an opportunity to sit back and I'm not going to say in a no-pressure environment because there's absolutely going to be pressure in Vegas. I mean, what, they average 8,000 fans a game? Like, those fans aren't coming to that stadium. They're not spending their money, their time, their energy to see a team that doesn't reflect their values and doesn't get results. So it's such a great opportunity for Steve to have both the sort of support of Bob and his staff and of the first-team environment and the facilities that you have on the training side in LA, which we haven't even talked about those, but I remember the first time I walked through there, I was just flabbergasted, but then also have the demands and the pressure and the week to week sort of rhythm and grind of a first team environment that he'll be in, in the USL side, uh, in addition to the environment. So, you know, take a drive, 
to, to Las Vegas. Who doesn't like to go oh, to Vegas? Take a drive. happening. Go see it. Maybe check get a picture with a llama. You know, whatever you got. You know, maybe catch some dollars out of a, a helicopter, whatever they're doing up there in Vegas. I, I'm just really excited for it because I go back to what I said about wanting everybody to succeed in American, Canadian, CONCACAF. I truly, truly mean that. I, I don't root against anybody. I want everybody to be their best selves. And I think in doing that, we will make our culture, our sport, our leagues, all these things that, that we should take ownership of and be proud of, we will help those take these massive jumps that we all know we're capable of. And I think Steve Chirundolo is capable of being an incredible manager in this game, whether that be in USL Championship to start or up to MLS if he has success at USL Championship or, or abroad because his resume, as you said, when it comes to Germany and his connection with Hanover and everything else, I mean, it's, it's, nobody else has that. In American it's, soccer, to be frank, unique. they just don't. He he has a resume that nobody else has. So to me, this is the first step of many. And to be in a position as we all are to sort of witness it and watch it, or to be in the case of LAFC and Las Vegas fans to see it firsthand, it's something that we should all be proud of. And you know, I hope he, he hits the ground running. You know, his soccer brain is good. Now the question is, as a head coach, how does he sort of what 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 makes it his? And I think that'll be the interesting question because, yeah, they see the game the same way, he and Bob, and, and they'll be on the same page. And in part, his job will be to help some of these young players prepare themselves for LAFC's first team environment, uh, whether that be, you know, their performances or team performances. But Steve is also going to have things that he wants to do his own way. And that's the interesting thing about about this for me is how he balances that part of being within LAFC and that soccer organization, but also being true to Steve Chirundolo, the person, whether that be in his managerial techniques like you know, man management or tactically or the player choices he makes week to weeks or the results that he gets. I mean, it's just it's just such a great opportunity for him. And, and I wish him only the best. It's a new gig for him. And you're going to be patient and let him learn to be that, that coach. Mm -hmm. Your point, we don't have a lot of guys like that with this built in knowledge, uh, not just how it is in America, because he's a Southern Californian, but going off to Germany and seeing how they do it, playing within the, the continent of Europe and all that's in his brain and all that is it's a it's necessity that we share it just like if it's Landon Donovan or, or Clint Dempsey, whatever he decides to do next, or Brian McBride, who's now with US Soccer. These are these are very unique individuals that we need to lean into. And obviously Bob Bradley's another one of those. That information gets passed on. That's a big deal. That's precious. That's you know, that's intellectual property that we, we should we should charge people for, but we obviously <laughs> can we could get that too. You know, I, I, I wonder. Charge for your intellectual property. Hey, somebody's, somebody's paying. I guess somebody's paying me for it, right? I would ask you this. You know, we're talking more about sort of the the linear side of this, going from Bob to Steve. But if you think about LAFC, the organization, isn't it just as much a strength for LAFC to have it go the other direction? Yeah. You know, Bob's had all these incredible experiences, but Steve will be able to come in and say, "Hey, I see what you guys are doing. Here's an idea. Here's something we did." In, in Hanover. Here's something that I saw in the Bundesliga for years. Here's a wrinkle that maybe you're not doing that we can add, whether that be in a training exercise or that be tactically an approach or that be scouting or development of a young player. I mean, that's that's the other side of this. We should, as a as a society and as a culture, and, and, and you know, universally, but in regards to this game, to hear each other out and to pull on those unique experiences and say, you know what? I didn't think about that. Or, you know what? You have something incredible to offer there that I just don't know. And the beauty again of LAFC and of Bob, and he hasn't been on the show in a while. I think we might've, uh, we might've frustrated him about, I mean, maybe it was about the, about the Schmetzer stuff. I don't know. We had fun with that, but he's always been, I, I think a guy who has been open and willing and honest and enthusiastic about thinking about the game and sharing ideas and being willing to say that, you know what, that's a really good idea that I didn't have that we should integrate. So that that's the thing you've got to be excited about at the first team level for LAFC, not just in the academy development, but in just sort of the additional, you know, intellectual property side to your point that Steve brings and whether it's like, you know, once every once in a while, he's like, Hey, I see this or, Hey, you know what, let me work with this guy. Or hey, I, I think I, I think we can you can get a little bit more out of this in this way. The more soccer brains you have, the better. And I don't think Bob has an has an ego where he's saying it's my way or the highway. He's saying it's the best way, and that's the way we'll do it. Well, that was the point I was going to say. If you didn't just make it yourself, is 
coaches who've been in it long enough, long enough. And I don't want to just put everyone in the same category because I'd be dead wrong. But you usually hear these coaches go over these years. This is the way I do it. It's tried and tested. I ain't budging. This is my style. Never got that impression from Bob. He's evolving. He is learning new things. He's adapting to a more modern game. And in order to do that, you have to listen to people. Um, so he's obviously doing that as well. So it is a collaborative approach. Obviously, Bob is in charge and it's, it's his vision. But you look at the way he's coached from 15 years ago to 10 to 5 to now, it's always evolved. And I don't know if you can say that about coaches with tenure like he has. I haven't mm-hmm. really seen much of it. So it's just working with the club is something that I've taken away. Go, that's, that's really cool. And it, part of it's listening to people. Part of it is his experience. And no one's had experiences like him in, uh, in Norway, France, briefly in, in, in Wales, I should say, obviously in Egypt. These things have that, that kind of appeal, but also the, putting people around you that you can collaborate with. There is no doubt about it. Andrew, let me ask, we'll end with this. Something doesn't have to be with LAFC, something you're looking forward to seeing on the field, a player, anything that uh, you've already kind of circled on your calendar. I can't wait to see this go down. And maybe it's, maybe it has some a lasting effect. Let me, uh, let me ask you, let me, let me help. I had so many of them. So I'm going to ask I you know, to help me know. I know it's pretty down. exciting because want- it's, it's everywhere. Do you want something? Uh, how about some, oh, we'll do a couple different wrinkles here. Maybe how about the most obvious one? And LAFC fans will understand this and they'll feel this from last year and, and Carlos being missing for so long and, and having the injury. The return of Joseph Martinez to me is just so massive for Major League Soccer. And I'm not even talking Atlanta United. We know what the stakes are for them. We know what he's been to them. I mean, it's just to me, this league ought to and needs to and should be focused on drawing personality drawing passion, drawing marquee, incredible moments, both on the field and off, out of our players. Our players are the most incredible, deep, thoughtful people. And sometimes I just don't think we do a good enough job of showing that. Joseph Martinez had had, he doesn't need any excuses to show that. He is this shining light that you just have to watch. You cannot not watch this guy. And I know Orlando City fans have been just blowing my mentions this week because I've been quasi-trolling them about Joseph and his return. And he said, hey, the father is back. But who else in this league, Max, is going to come out after they tore their ACL and troll the rival fans before they've even played another game? I mean, he's he's <laughs> playing mind games at a level that nobody else is. He's pulling up to the, the training facility in a, in a, you know, a Lambo. He's scoring 30 goals. He's got the scowl. He's going into the flames on the, you know, on the side of the field. He wins. He produces. And he wants to be here. And he makes that abundantly clear. So as far as just like big picture MVP candidate could completely change the complexion of the league because if Atlanta United are, are the Atlanta United of the Tata years or maybe even the first Frank DeBoer year, this the, the entire sort of like landscape of both the Eastern Conference and the entire league changes. You have to deal with Atlanta United. They are now a, a power once again after having a down year. So that one to me is like the huge obvious one. I will watch every single game that Joseph Martinez plays. I don't care if he looks like he's a little out of shape. Like tell me the guy that's coming on the field with silver hair one week and crazy whatever it is the next week and making stories out of nothing and scoring goals and, and just being a protagonist. So Joseph Martinez' return is a really big one for me. I think new coaches or there's, recycled there's a, coaches. There's a lot, there's, and including is a, in Atlanta, is a, mm-hmm, is yeah. a huge storyline. Uh, Phil Neville one, man, we could go, we could have a whole another podcast oh. talking about Phil Neville. So that one's, I think, a lot of people will understand, and that one's that one's kind of obvious. The one that I am actually really, really interested in is Hernan Losada in DC. DC, yeah. Because mm-hmm, Hernan was a guy that, if you talk to people in Belgium. They were sad to, to, to see him go. He took a team that had no business being basically mid to top table in Belgium. The facilities, the player salaries, all of that. Had no business being where they were. And in his first year and a half as a, as a professional manager, he turned them into basically the darlings of the league, both in results and in the way they play. And now he goes into a DC team that I spent all last year saying, my God, you guys have a good roster, but you're, you're not living up to that. And I want to see if he can do that. And he has this sort of way about him that's uh, very accessible. 
I don't know if you follow him on Instagram, but I suggest doing so. And it's not because he's putting out like behind the scenes in the locker room, but he's just like a, he's just a dude. He's like, this is the coffee I'm having this morning. Hey, it's a beautiful day here at the stadium, but it's a, a level of access I haven't seen before. And then you see the side of his soccer ideas and he wants to go, go, go. He wants to be vertical. He's got a little Jesse Marsh in him. I mean, th- that's exciting to me that's to see a, a guy I praise who should have, who should have a ton of opportunities in Europe and probably did, or back in Argentina, say, you know what? I think the place to continue my development as a coach, and I dream of being at the top level, I think that place is in MLS. I mean, that should make all of us proud. Um, so those are the two. And then the new stadiums, as you said. Every time you get an opportunity to see, to to walk into, to, um, to, to kind of feel through the fans, these cathedrals, it's important. I know you and I were here from the early days. I remember, yeah! when I was first getting into Major League Soccer and we were watching teams play in stadiums. Than I do. No, not true at all. We, I, those days were, I, I cherish those days. I was just a uh, massive, massive nerd and Fox Soccer and your calls uh, were, were a big part of my life at the time. Um, of course, the Fox Soccer channel is gone and whatever, but um, we still get it on, on LAFC games. But to have this league continually up the ante with where we get to watch games and how we get to experience them, is just is just so wonderful. So to see three new stadiums come in, in particular that Columbus Stadium, uh, ought to be something that we're all proud of. So that is like, again, I probably went for five it, minutes there. Yeah, it's we endless. could just do a, We could do a whole another podcast well, on this. I'm glad I you asked about Atlanta, so I could you could show my audience that you're equally enthusiastic about LAFC as you are of other every other MLS team. So that was important. I just followed Hernan Pablo Lozada and whatever you think about Argentina, the great exports, Malbec wine, the number one exports football Mm. and in particular managers as they continue to do it. Uh, Gabriel Hainza and Atlanta. Oh yeah. They're going to get Joseph a lot of help in that. So that's going to be fun to watch. And I'd love to see them do well, unless they're playing LAFC. Of course I'd throw in a, with Matias Almeida and San Jose, if that this rivalry in LA can take another level, and I, I think it will, and that's going to be a fun watch. But again, it's an endless list, Andrew, and we can't wait to be together watching games mm. on a Saturday, w- one after the other, all day, and again on a Sunday. So it's coming soon. We appreciate you joining us. Your uh, your knowledge and your enthusiasm is unparalleled, and we we will do this again very soon. It feels great to be on the other side, Max. Normally, I'm setting up Doyle. I'm setting up Doyle and Goss and trying to pick my spots. And here, I just sort of like, you know, I'm like, I'm going to open my heart up a little bit and just get excited about this season. And by the way, we didn't even mention Austin FC. You guys get Austin FC off the jump, so you get to, as I've as I've written and said, you get to teach the new boys a little bit of a lesson. You want to be up on that bar? You're gonna have to jump over LAFC. That's not gonna be easy. We always get the new boys. We got Miami. We got Austin. Just come on here, Austin. Teach you. A- I'm sorry. Teach, that was my yeah, te- I was going to say, teach him a lesson. Teach him a lesson. That's the way it should be. Nope, no, there's no sympathy out question. here. There's no sympathy. <laughs> you're, you're not by the Red River anymore, fellas. <laughs> in Los Angeles. That's yeah, save that one. Save that save that one for, for closer to the season. You got about a month to practice. <laughs> Andrew Weavey, check him out. Check him out. Matthew Doyle, David Goss. Extra time drops Mondays and Thursdays. It is an incredible tool if you follow this league and they'll get to doing the profile of LAFC. Please rate, review, and subscribe this podcast inside LAFC. We have great guests like Andrew all the time. Have a good one, Andrew. We'll talk very soon. Thanks, Max. Have a great, have a great day. Have a great evening, everyone.